Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. We're going to continue in our series, Get Your Mind Right. Has that been blessing anybody, helping anybody? If you have not been here for these uh, sermons, I implore you, I encourage you, go back and watch them. They'll be on our YouTube channel and also uh, on our Facebook Live. So I just want to kind of recap a little bit so that we can all, you know, wrap our minds around this just in case you have missed it. Because if you've missed some services, you, you're going to get lost in what it is that I'm, I'm talking about today. So we have a a body, soul, and a spirit. When the Bible says that you were created in God's image, it was about way more than the way that you look, okay? You have a body and a soul and spirit. You are three in one, just like he is three in one. Come on, somebody, right? You have, you, your spirit, I believe, existed with God in heaven before you ever got here. Hence, you were created in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, and you were in the lamb. So your spirit had a heavenly existence. So this is what I'm talking about. Your spirit is trying to get your mind to catch up with what it already knows. Oh, that's some good stuff, right? And so the reason why you need to renew your mind is so you can get your mind and your spirit on the same page. Hallelujah. What happened with the tree of knowledge in the garden This was the territory that Satan took in the earth. It was the first thing that he went after was mankind's mind with the tree of knowledge. When you say tree of knowledge, you are automatically pointing to your mind. Where is knowledge obtained and retained? Right here in your mind, right? So Satan was smart enough to know if I can get in their mind, I can control how they live and what they do. Satan is an ancient being, y'all. We call him dumb all the time. Sometimes he does get dumb. Don't get me wrong. But, but he knows somewhat of what he's doing. Then we talked about because as a man thinks within himself, so he is. So we talked about that because you've got to change the way that you think about yourself as well. Because the way that you think about yourself is how it actually is in your life, Right? And so we need to be thinking about whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is admirable, whatever is praiseworthy. Think on such things. Amen. We need, you, by the way, you need to hang out with people that think like that. Y'all ever hang around negative people? Sometimes I regret asking Christians how they're doing. Well, brother, you know, devil's coming after me and family's a wreck. Why, why, why don't you use what the Lord gave you, which is your tongue, when the power of life and death is in the tongue? And maybe if you'd speak to your situations because you've renewed your mind and you know that God has given you the victory and what the enemy has meant for evil, he will turn around for good. Come on, somebody. What if we spoke about the good things, the lovely things, the admirable things, and we put them on the inside of us so that we could reproduce them in our lives? I'm not saying the devil don't attack. I'm not saying the enemy doesn't attack. I'm not saying that you you and me and we don't make stupid decisions that sometimes affect the way that we feel and what it is that we're, I'm about to, I'm going to preach today. That's why I grabbed this microphone. I ain't got time for a headset today. But we've got to, we have to change the way that we think about things. 
Your mind is an important thing. That's why I'm tell, I've been titled this to get your mind right. We've got to get our minds right in the church once again. And if we can get our minds right, we can change the world around us. Look, y'all, God ain't done with America. God ain't done with America. What God is looking for is for some people who will meditate on his word, who will recite his word, who will think on things that are good, lovely, and admirable, and noble, and praiseworthy things, and think about such things. Then they can reproduce those things in the world around them. And if the church would just be the church, come on somebody, if the church would just be the church and operate in the things that God has already had and laid up in store for us, before we ever got here, we can change this thing and turn this thing around. Last week, I preached on meditating on the word of God. He told Joshua, he said, meditate on my word night and day. When you meditate on my word night and day, don't deviate from it. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. And everywhere that the sole of your foot treads, it will be yours if you will meditate on my word. That Hebrew word for meditate is Hagah. It means to recite, to meditate, and to imagine. And I told y'all last week that meditation is the environment for you to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. Which brings me right here. Stand with me for the reading of God's word. We're going to be in Psalm 1, 1 through 3, and then turn over to Romans 7, 22 through 25. It'll be on the screen, I believe, maybe. There it goes. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Pay attention. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates on it day and night. He will be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he will prosper. Anybody want to prosper in the kingdom of God? Romans 7, 22 through 25. Watch this. There's these two words there. For I delight in the law of God according to the inner man. According to the inner man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. He's saying sin that's in his body. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What he's saying is, I thank God that the answer is Jesus. Jesus is the answer to save me from this wretched state that I'm in. Watch this. So with my mind... I serve the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. What he's saying is, with my mind is how I serve God. Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Father, anoint me today to bring this word. I feel the heaviness of it already, God. I feel the importance of it already today, God, because some people are going to leave this place today free. They might have come in here bound, but they're leaving free today in their mind because with their mind, they will serve you. And God, if they will serve you with everything that they have, they'll be unstoppable for the kingdom. Lord, forgive me. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross. Let them not see a man today 
but let them hear the words of the precious Holy Spirit that you will speak through me. Father, I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. The church said amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jordan. So I want to piggyback this morning a little bit off of last week because last week we talked about meditating on God's word and we talked about the Hebrew word for meditate that's translated meditate. It means to meditate. The word Hagah means to meditate, recite, and imagine. We know what reciting the word of God means. It means you speak it out loud from memorization. Remember, we talked about that last week. Scripture, scripture memorization is so, so important. People who cannot memorize scripture always end up in trouble because they don't know what to do. You might be saved, but if you don't know what to do because you got no word in you, you are going to end up in trouble, Jack, and you're going to end up making decisions that will compromise you. That ain't what I'm preaching today, but help me, Holy Ghost. I told you that meditation on the Lord and on his word is the environment for the seed to fall on good soil. Y'all remember that in Jesus' parable about the sower and the seed. It is never nothing wrong with the seed. It is always the environment of the seed. See, when Jesus gets to talking, he talks about the, the seed that fell on rocky soil. He talked about the seed that fell by the roadside. He talked about the seed that got choked up, that went into the ground, but it got choked up by the thorns and the thistles. There's nothing ever wrong with the seed it's always the environment. And we talked about how some of us can't produce fruit for God's kingdom because we are constantly putting ourselves in the, in the, not in the proper environment to produce for the kingdom of God. Not putting ourselves in the proper environment where God can come in and produce for his kingdom. Amen. But again, here in God's word, I had to bring some more scripture to back up what I said last week because... I really need some of y'all to get this because if some of y'all will get this, not some of y'all, if all of us in the room will get a hold of this thing that I've been preaching over the last couple of weeks, it will change your life. It will change your walk with the Lord. If you'll put yourself in the right environment, you can produce major fruit for the kingdom of God. The soil God is looking for is your mind. Come on. Seed has to have soil. So the soil that God is looking for is your mind. And the environment to, for the seed to produce is meditation. It's meditating. It's thinking deeply. It's reciting for memorization. It's imagining the things that God has in store for you. Amen. So the environment to produce is meditation. And I, can I tell you, friends, that this scares the crap out of the devil. Come on, somebody. That's right, I said it. If you can get a hold of what I'm preaching and what I've been preaching over the last couple of weeks, you're really going to have your enemy scared. And I can prove it because Jesus says in that same parable while explaining the sower and the seed, he says in the first seed, it was dropped by the road, by the wayside, which he's saying it was dropped on the side of the road. And what happened was that Satan came immediately. So I'm proving what I'm telling you right there. Satan didn't send his minions. Satan didn't send his demons. Satan didn't send fallen angels. No, the Bible says that when the word of the kingdom is preached, which is the seed, that Satan himself comes immediately. If Satan is so scared that he comes immediately, what I'm preaching must be important. Y'all ain't going to help me. But I need to share that I had no idea how important this topic was 
about preaching on the mind until I began to preach on the mind and the enemy came and tried to shut me up. When I started preaching on the mind, the devil threw everything that he could at me to get me to stop. He threw everything that he could at my mind personally the first couple of weeks of preaching this series. And I cried out to God and I said, Lord, what in the world is going on? What in the world is happening here? I'm trying to preach and tell your people about the power of the mind and serving you with their mind. And yet I feel like I'm losing mine. And let me tell you something right now that the, an end, uh, the enemy coming to you over something that you are doing or saying is an indicator that God is ready to do something with it. The enemy don't waste his time. Satan don't waste his time coming immediately if it ain't nothing that ain't important. Satan came against my own mind in the first couple weeks of me preaching this stuff to try to shut me up and sit me down. And I can confirm this with my wife and with Jasper. I called Jasper. I said, man, I don't know what is going on. He said, the enemy's trying to attack your mind, brother. You remember that, don't you? My wife woke up in the middle of the, or I woke up in the middle of the night. The enemy literally had given me a dream that felt so real that I had uh, lost my mind and I was losing my mind and it felt so real to me and I woke up shaking my wife come flying into the room had me feeling like I was going crazy the enemy was trying to convince me that I was on the verge of a mental breakdown and a mental collapse from all the pressure from all three ministries and what it was that I was preaching and bombs going off and people acting crazy and people talking crazy and and doing all of these things the enemy was trying to convince me that I was going to lose my own mind but I came with news for the devil today Oh, come on, come on. I said I came with news for that devil today, that ancient serpent, that I ain't going to stop preaching it. I'm not going to stop talking about it. I'm going to do what I'm telling y'all to do. I'm going to recite it. I'm going to quote it. I'm going to memorize it, that I have been given a new mind in Christ Jesus, that I have been transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, and everything that the enemy meant for evil, God going to turn it all the way around on his head. I ain't stopping. I'm not quitting. I don't care what the enemy throws at me. I'm just going to keep trucking. I'm just going to keep moving. I'm just going to keep reading. I'm just going to keep studying. I'm just going to keep walking with Jesus. He can throw everything he's got at me. But I've got this thing called the armor of God. And I've got a sword of the spirit. See, the armor of God can defend me. But the sword of the spirit is the thing that I've got to go on the offense. Some of us in the church of God got to get on the offensive. Stop sitting back and letting the enemy shoot everything he's got at you why don't we go with the sword of the spirit at him why don't we start attacking with the sword of the spirit on him today we got to get our minds right if we can get our minds right we can take back territory for the kingdom of God because I'm gonna meditate on it come on somebody I'm going to quote it. Come on, somebody. I'm going to quote that I've got the mind of Christ. I'm going to quote that I have, I'm not conformed by this world, but I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm going to quote it. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to recite it. I'm going to meditate on the word of the Lord, and I shall not be moved. I shall live, and I shall not die. Come on, somebody. Sometimes us preachers just need to preach to ourselves a little bit. Excuse me while I prophesy over myself this morning, because the Bible says that God wants me to prosper just as my soul prospers.
prospers. What's the biggest thing in the soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. But your mind is the most important thing because it's your mind with your mind that you serve God. If you can change the way that you think, you can change what you're doing. And if you can change what you're doing, you can change the way that you're feeling. The enemy might try to have you feeling depressed. The enemy's going to try to have you feeling anxious. The enemy's going to try to have you feeling worried. But my Bible says don't worry about a thing. Be anxious for nothing, but instead with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. You know what supplication means in the Bible? It's what the old saints used to call praying through. See, you can't pray for 10 minutes and overcome depression. You ain't going to pray for 10 minutes and overcome anxiety and fear that'll cripple you, that'll keep you tied up in your house and not leaving your house or leaving where it is that God's called you to go. Come on. Supplication means that you pray through. Supplication means you press on. Supplication means you stay a little while. Supplication means even when the world around you is falling apart and acting crazy, that you are willing to stand firm on the promises of God, on the things of God. Jesus. Biggest part of the soul is the mind. God wants the mind to prosper just as the soul prospers. Why? Because I serve God with my mind is what the word just says. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. So in my mind, watch this, I'm going to be the head and not the tail. In my mind, I will be blessed going in and blessed coming out. Come on, somebody. In my mind, I understand that I have the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. In my mind, all his promises are yes and amen in him. In my mind, in my mind, I serve God. In my mind, he is for me and he is not against me. Come on, somebody. In my mind, I know that I serve a God who says that what the minute enemy meant for evil, he will turn it around on his head for good. The enemy's ticked that I'm preaching this stuff because with it, I'm going to watch some people get their mind right. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And when they get their mind right, they're going to get their life right. And when they get their life right, they can get their family right. And when they get their family right, they can touch the next generation and raise up some Josiahs because the enemy is scared of some Josiahs that will say, I don't care what the world's doing around me. I'm going to do what's right in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. I don't care what anybody else is doing. When folks get their mind right, they can get their walk right with God. Come on, somebody. When people get their mind right, they can treat people right. Imagine that. Let me repeat that one more time. When you get your mind right, you know how to treat folks. When you get your mind right, you know how to love folks. When you get your mind right, you can forgive folks. When you get your mind right, you can walk in love, compassion, grace, and mercy like the King of kings and the Lord of lords, which you are called to reflect in this earth. When you get your mind right, people can stop living in sin. Sin isn't an option anymore. You could be like the prodigal son that says he came to his senses. Oh, Jesus, help me. The Bible says that he came to his senses. Where do you come to your senses? Right up here, baby. You come to your senses right in your mind. He was in the middle of, a, of the muck and the miry clay. He was in the middle of a pig's pen and he came to his senses and he said, I'm getting back in my father's house. I got to go home. I'm living like a slave. I'm living like a bum right now. But I'm getting back to God. I'm getting back to my father. I'm going back home. I got to come to my senses and I got to get home. Come on, come on. I wonder, is there anybody in this room that says, I'm willing to get back to my senses. I'm willing to just get my mind right with God. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I can't keep living how I'm living. I've got to get my mind right. Jesus. Whoo. I told y'all I came to preach today. I ain't playing with y'all. Get your mind right. 
trying to tell y'all that the enemy is mad. Trying to tell y'all that the enemy is scared. Whoo, he's scared. He's scared. You want to know why? Because he came. Came against me. So he's scared. He's scared because I'm telling y'all, if you ever get a hold of this, the enemy's scared. He's upset about what I'm preaching. Some of y'all are going to get off the websites today because you're going to get your mind right. Y'all ain't saying. So, so, some of y'all are going to put the pill bottle down thinking it's the only thing, that the meds are the only thing that's going to help you control your mind and get it right. Some of y'all going to put the bottle down and lock the liquor cabinet for a little while because you're going to get your mind right. Some of y'all with worry, fear, and anxiety, it's not going to have a hold on you anymore because you're going to get your mind right and think on whatever is pure, think on whatever is admirable think on whatever is lovely and think on whatever is good because when you get your mind right it's getting right with Jesus who's in the transforming business I know I'm reading a book on the mind right now by Pastor Eddie Turner shout out Pastor Eddie Turner his book is incredible you need to read it he said this he said we in the church are real good at telling folks what they ought not to do but see we forget about telling folks what they need to do When you're having problems in your mind, just telling yourself over and over again not to think about it. Don't think about it. Don't condemn yourself. Just don't do it again. That's not going to stop that stuff from popping up in your head. But why don't we in the church tell everybody to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ? And then when we take it captive, we not only take it captive, but we replace it and remove it with other things. You see, the thing about removing it and replacing it, you got to have something to replace it with. And I came to tell you, get all the junk out of your mind and start thinking about what's good. Start thinking about what's lovely. Start thinking about what's pure. Stop thinking about everybody that's coming against you and just think about him because he's the one who can make a, a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Stop thinking about all the things that's going wrong and start thinking about the things that's going good. Stop talking about all the things that's going wrong and prophesy to your situation and say God is going to use every bit of it. Why? Because he uses all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The only qualification for that is do you love him? Who's willing to work it all out if you love him? So again, back to our initial text. It proves what I told you last week. That meditation is the environment to produce fruit. What does Jesus say? You'll know them by their fruit. No fruit, not saved. Oh, it's real quiet in here. Let me say that again. No fruit, not saved. I don't care what they taught you in Sunday school. I don't care what you read on the internet. The Bible says, Jesus says, you will know them by their fruit. If they don't have any fruit hanging off the tree, they are not saved. Jesus says, there's a lot of people going to come to me on that day and say, Lord, didn't I do this? Lord, didn't I do that? No, no, no. You need fruit and evidence to show that you belong to Jesus. The psalm that says here, that here, he who meditates on the word of God, he who meditates on the law of God and delights in doing his word, he will be like a tree planted beside waters and will bear fruit in due season. He will not wither, a.k.a. he will not die out. He won't grow weary in doing good, and he will continue to produce. Does anybody in the house want to prosper? Come on, somebody. The Bible says that, that he who meditates on the word of God can prosper in everything that he does. He'll be successful 
in anything that he does. If that's you, make a little noise in this place. But I want y'all to pay attention to that word delight as we're going to check out the other scripture. And I'm going to read it again here, Romans 7. Pay attention to that word delight. For I delight. Delight is the word that's in both scriptures that we're reading today. I delight in the law of God according to the inner man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. The Bible says take every thought captive, but here we got Paul getting took captive. Don't worry, I'm going to explain in a minute. For my members are warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body of death? I thank God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. This is one of Paul's most famous passages in all of Scripture here in the seventh chapter of Romans. And it has been misinterpreted for a while now and taught in theology schools all across the world. But this simple young preacher from Middle Tennessee figured it out, and I don't understand why they can't figure it out. Hold on, let me answer that. Because they can't figure it out because they have agenda. When you have an agenda, you will become blind reading the Word of God. But people have used this chapter in the Bible as an excuse for sin and junk because they don't want to change. They say things like, well, if Paul was living in sin, if Paul couldn't stop sinning, then neither can I. Because what I want to do, I don't do. And what I do want to do, I don't do. That, that is the famous, maybe I should have read that set of scriptures. But in Romans 7, it sounds like Paul is in this serious spiritual conundrum where he says, what I want to do, I don't do. But what I do want to do, I can't do. Paul is in this, this crazy circumstance here because in Romans 6, he said that you should be dead to sin, that you are dead to sin and you can't go on sinning. Then have Romans 7 where he says that then in Romans 8 he says uh, that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus and that you've been given the answer by the power of the Holy Spirit the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you he gives you all the answers but then this Roman it just doesn't make sense there he says what I want to do I don't do and what I do want to do I don't do and people have used that that text for so many years can I help you out Paul ain't schizophrenic Paul ain't went crazy because he said in chapter 6 that you're dead to sin. No, 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 my friend. If you read the context of the scripture, Paul is talking about himself trying to obey the law of God before he had the Holy Ghost. He is talking about him trying to follow the law before he came to Christ. And that's what it produced because he didn't have the power before Christ came to actually obey the word of God. That's some good teaching. He couldn't get his mind right before Christ came. He couldn't get his mind to catch up with what his inner man, with what his spirit already knew. 
He, he couldn't get his mind. And I'll prove it. He says it in verse 24. He says, oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who can save me from this body of death? Thank be to God. Christ Jesus is the answer. He's the one that can save me from this. He's the one that can remove this, 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 this schizophrenic uh, mindset from myself. He is the one that can change everything for me. He is the answer. So with Jesus coming, dying, resurrecting, teaching on the kingdom, and giving us the Holy Spirit, that is the answer because you can now change your mind. You can now get your mind to catch up with what your spirit already knows. Man, I've been trying to tell you all this for a couple of weeks because if you can change the way that you think, you can change what you do. And if you can change what you do, you can change the way that you feel. Help me, Holy Ghost. What what example do we want to use? I know we got kids in the room, but let's just talk about it anyways. If you can change the way that you think about sex before marriage, you can stop doing it. And if you can stop doing it, you'll stop feeling condemned about it. Right? We complicate this stuff. We complicate this stuff. You, you got to change the way that you think about it and understand that God ain't some old man in the sky with a beard down to here and just trying to suck the fun out of life. No, no, God tells you to live that way because you're giving information to people they have not qualified themselves for, and you're going to end up hurt. If you can change what you, the way that you think, you can change what you do. And if you can change what you do, you can change the way that you feel. Paul is saying here, you need to get your mind right. You need to get your mind and your spirit to line up with what your spirit already knows and get your spirit and your mind to line up with the Holy Spirit who's living on the inside of you as well. And when you do, watch this, you'll have power over your flesh and you can tell your flesh to sit down, shut up, take a back seat to what the spirit of God has to say. Watch this. Give me a chair. Yep, I'm doing examples. Look, you know how simple it is? Flesh, shut up, sit down, and take a back seat to what it is that God is calling me to do. You know what? I, I, I got a flesh, so, so I understand that there's going to be passions that rise up in my physical body. And what's the excuse of men all the time? Well, I'm a man. I have needs. Shut, tell the flesh to shut up, take a back seat to what the spirit of uh, women are the same too they they have flesh too they have knees too okay come on can we stop doing that men thank god all right all right take the flesh sometimes too you just need to tell the devil take a seat and watch your worship just make them sit down one time and watch your worship just make them sit down one time and say oh you know what devil you coming against my mind today Take a seat. Watch me do what God's called me to do. Come on, somebody. Just take a seat and watch me do what God's called me to do. Take a seat and watch me love the unlovable. Come on, devil. Take a seat. Flesh, take a seat and watch me forgive the unforgivable. Watch me forgive the individuals that's come against me. Watch me forgive the individuals who said dirty and nasty and mean things about me. Devil, just sit down. Flesh, just sit down and take a seat and watch me do what it is that God's called me to do. Oh, what would happen in the church if we would make our flesh hush and walk in the spirit of God? Remember, your mind, we talked about this in our first couple weeks. 
Your mind is at enmity with God until you renew it. Y'all do understand that, right? Satan is not God's great cosmic foe that is in this epic battle for mankind. The Bible says in Corinthians that your mind is at enmity against God until it is renewed and lines up with your spirit and lines up with the Holy Spirit and you begin to walk out what God had already predestined you to be walking out in the first place because your works were created in Christ Jesus. You are the workmanship of his hand and he had works prepared for you before you ever showed up a day on the earth. Your mind is at enmity against God until you renew it. I'm not preaching Romans 8 today. But Romans 8 backs up what I'm saying along with Galatians 5, 16, 2, 2. Paul says, walk in the spirit. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Paul says, walk in the spirit. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The answer to the Romans 7 conundrum is to walk and live by the spirit of God. But it's impossible. It is impossible to walk in the spirit if you can't change your mind to line up with what the spirit says. Because the way that you think is what you will do. Look at verse 22. I'm going to be wrapping this up here in just a second. Remember earlier I said to pay attention to the psalm that said the man of God who meditates on his word and delights in his law. Verse 22 in Romans says, for I delight in the law of God in my inner man. Paul says, I delight in the law of God according to my inner man. What's the inner man? The spirit. So it sounds like Paul is saying his spirit Delights in God's law, but his carnal mind before he came to Christ was at enmity against it, right? The whole Bible just matches right on up, doesn't it? So these scriptures are proving what I've told you earlier. Your spirit wants to follow God and his word, but your mind will never allow you to until you renew your mind with the word of God, which is Jesus, because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and Jesus is in the transforming business. So when you renew your mind with the word of God, you will be able to line up with what your spirit already knows you are supposed to be accomplishing in the earth. Paul says, my inner man, my spirit wants to do what God wants me to do, but my mind is all jacked up before I renew it. That's why you can't, that's why some of us, we was in the crack house and we'd be thinking to ourselves, man, I'm not supposed to be here. Let me take it a step further. Some of y'all been laying in the bed talking about, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. Now, there's a testimony that was shared with me this week while teaching class at BTB. This brother named Lucas, anointed kid, man, 25 years old, grew up rough, has grown up rough. I'm telling you, he's going to wind up being a staff member of BTB one day. I'm going to prophesy that into existence right now. This kid loves the Lord. But he's went through... I think he's been to Teen Challenge like twice, made it like three or four months. Something happens and he's left. But he's in the, in the hotel room with this drug dealer in Memphis. And he said, man, I could never figure it out. This drug dealer always had a problem with me. Junkies laid out all over the room. Needles everywhere, drugs everywhere, sin everywhere. 
And he was just coming to cop drugs like everybody else, but he couldn't figure out why this drug dealer always had a problem with him. He said he went to the drug dealer one day, and the drug dealer, he said, man, have I done anything to you? Like, you know, have I ticked you off or anything? I always come with money. You know, I come correct. You know, what, what, what's going on here? Like, why in the world you always treat me different? He said that man looked at him in his eyes, and he said, look around you. He said, all them are supposed to be here, but you ain't supposed to be here. Even the devil knows when you got something on the inside of you that's calling you higher, that's got, that you got purpose, that you got destiny, that you got calling, beating on the inside of you. Even devils tremble at that. Devils and his minions and, and drug dealers that are filled, filled with a legion of demons can see that stuff on your life. Mama, you said it too. People would speak that to you while you was in the bars and they, you don't belong here. When she was backslidden. Come on. There's something on the inside of you that's greater. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. I'm trying to tell y'all this morning, if you'll start listening to that inner man, if you'll start listening to your spirit because your spirit already knows where it is that you're supposed to be. If your spirit's telling you to get out of there, you better get out of there. If it's telling you to break off that relationship, you better break off that relationship. If it's telling you to buy the house, you better buy the house. If it's telling you don't sell right now, don't sell right now. I'm telling y'all, you can save yourself a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, and a lot of sorrow if you will get your spirit to line up with Holy Spirit spirit and then get your mind to line up with both of those things and you can walk out what it is that God's called you to look at that verse so with my mind I serve God I serve Christ I serve his law I serve his commands but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Translation here is if you get your mind right and you renew it, you can overcome your sinful nature. This ain't getting preached much from pulpits anymore. Everybody's always wanting to talk about the sinful nature. Let's stop giving the sinful nature glory and let's start lifting up Jesus and watch the Holy Spirit come into situations. And if we see this was my problem when I first come home from I hadn't heard people talk about overcoming the flesh and that I had Holy Spirit on the inside of me and that I didn't have to give in to the desires of my flesh and all of that stuff. But that if I would be in tune with Holy Spirit, I could overcome those things. We got to start preaching this stuff. Translation here, get your mind right and renew it, and you can overcome the sinful nature. We ain't made it here yet, but you do understand that you have a sinful nature in your flesh, in your carnal mind, and in your natural way of doing things. Because of what happened in the garden, in your natural way of doing things, you will always go against what God has called you to do. Or who, watch this, who he's called you to be. I'm closing. Worship team, y'all come on. Paul says, with my mind, I serve God's law. What does Jesus say that all the law and all the prophets hinge on these two? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your soul and all your mind. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and your mind. The Greek word for mind there and soul is psyche. He says the word mind, watch it, two times. Serve God with your mind and your mind. Love him with your heart. Serve God, lo- serve God and love God with your heart. Serve him with your mind and serve him with your mind. Watch this because you have to love him with your thoughts, but also with your actions. But your thoughts will produce your actions. What you're pondering on, what you're thinking on is very, very I've told y'all before, you can't control what thoughts come into your mind, but you can control which ones you meditate on. The other is love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus is saying here, if you get your mind right, you can do both. And it's the same thing that Paul is saying here. If you get your mind right, you can serve God with it. And if you're serving God with it, nothing can stop you. Not your own self, not any devil, not any man, not your flesh, not your carnal way of thinking, not your sinful nature. No, nothing can stop you from advancing the kingdom of God when you get your mind right. I started out this by preaching and prophesying to myself a little bit. And I opened up telling y'all, because I'm telling you, Satan is mad. The devil is angry about what it is that I'm preaching and teaching in this house. And y'all do realize this too. This is, don't stay here. This is going out over airwaves that can be read. People can look at our stuff online from all across the world. And if people would begin to understand what it is that I'm preaching, the devil is losing some serious ground. Let me tell you why the devil's so mad. It's because he's losing territory. The devil is mad because he's losing territory. What was the first territory that the devil even attacked with mankind? Through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that was the first piece of land and territory that Satan took back in the earth. That he took in the earth. Not took back, he took in the earth. Because knowledge is obtained and retained in your mind. So when you get your mind right, watch this. Satan loses ground in your life. And when he loses ground in your life, watch that he loses ground in your family. When he, when he loses ground in your life, he loses ground at your place of employment. When, when he loses ground in your mind, he loses ground at your school. When he loses ground in your mind, he loses ground in the community that you live in. When he loses ground in your mind, he loses ground in the subdivision that you live in or the apartment complex that you live in. When he loses ground in your mind, he loses territory that is in the earth. I think it's what Jesus, Jesus is the one who said, As it is in heaven, let it be in the earth. Guess what? There isn't depression in a mind in heaven. There isn't anxiety and fear in heaven. There isn't perversion, but there's purity in heaven. Come on, if y'all will get your mind right, you can pull heaven into the earth. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner 
or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.